We're on Yavamos Yilches Amabez 18b3 in the Art Scroll Gemara. We left off in the Gemara with a machlokas, a dispute between the first opinion, the Tanakhama, and Rabbi Shimon. And the Gemara said, at least at this stage of the Gemara, that Rabbi Shimon is arguing on two different cases. Uh, the first case is the first Mishnah, the second case is the Mishnah that we just quoted in the last recording. And there's a machlokas about what is the case of Eishis Echav Shelo Haya Ba'olama. What's the case where there's an exemption from Yibam because the brother who's alive was not alive during the time that, uh, during the time, same time period as the deceased brother. And the two cases were as follows. The first case of the first Mishnah is a case where we have two brothers, Reuven and Shimon, they're both alive. Reuven passes away without any children. And then Levi is born. Levi is born before Reuben's wife, Rachel. Before she does Yibam or Chalitza, Levi is then born. Levi then is exempt from doing Yibam or Chalitza with Rachel. Uh, but there was the Zika, there was still some sort of connection for Rachel with the other brother, with Shimon. Shimon does Yibam. And we say that even if Shimon were to die, after that without any children, Levi would still be exempt from doing Yibam or Chalitza with Rachel because... Uh, he was exempt the first time around, and that continues also the second time around. That is the first case of the Mishnah, according to the first opinion. Rabbi Shimon argues on that case. And he says that, no, in that case as well, you could do Yibam with Rachel. Levi is allowed to do Yibam with Rachel, uh, even though Levi was not alive at the time, same time as Ruvain. Still, he's allowed to do Yibam. And the Gemara, as we're about to see, will explain why that is. But the second case, before we see the Gemara, the second case was where Reuven and Shimon are alive. Reuven passes away without any children. Shimon then does Yibam. He first does Yibam with Rachel, with Reuven's wife. And then Levi is born. So Levi is born after Shimon uh, After Shimon does Yibam with Rachel. And in that case, the first opinion still says that Levi is exempt. Then Shimon dies without children. Levi is still exempt from doing Yibam with with Rachel, even though one could have said that with regards to Levi... Uh, Ra- Rachel is just viewed as Shimon's wife and not as Ruvain's wife and he was alive in the same time p- with Shimon Shimon died after Levi was born but still no since Rachel was originally Ruvain's wife and Ruvain was not alive at the same time as Levi so therefore there's an exemption there's even an exemption even if Levi is born after Shimon does Yibam uh, and before Shimon passes away Levi is still exempt and in that case also Shimon argues uh which is an easier way to understand why Shimon would argue in that second case, uh, because Levi was only born after Shimon did Yibam, so Rachel is now viewed for Levi as just being Shimon's wife and not for being uh, Ruben's wife. Okay, and so Rabbi Shimon argues on both of those cases to say that you could do Yibam, that is not the case of Eishis Echav Shaloya Balamo, of the brother who is not alive at the same time as the deceased brother. Those aren't cases, really you could do Yibam. And so the Gemara is going to want to know, well, what, what is the case where we say, What is the case where there is an exemption because the two brothers weren't uh, al- alive at the same time? So the Gemara asks, What is that case? What's the case of where they're non-contemporary brothers? So the Gemara gives two answers. First answer the Gemara gives is, First case is as follows, very simple case. Ruvain is the only son that is around. He gets married, he passes away without any children. And then, Levi is born. There's no other brother. Levi is then born, 
So there's an exemption of from Yibam or Chalitza in that case. There's no other brother who has the potential to do Yibam or Chalitza. Inami, alternatively. Betray. Really, there are two other brothers besides for Levi. Meaning you have, you start off with Ruvain and Shimon. Those are the two brothers. They're both alive at the same time. Uh, then Ruvain passes away. And then Levi is born. Velo Yibam, velo Mes. But the second brother, Shimon, who was alive at the same time as Ruvain, he did not do Yibum, and he also, he did not die. If he were to do Yibum, or if he were to die, so then we would say that Levi could then do Yibum with Rachel. But until that point in time, if Shimon didn't do anything, he didn't do Yibum and he didn't die, so then there's an exemption for Levi from doing Yibum with Rachel. So again, in the second case, it's a case where Shimon is alive, but he doesn't do anything. He doesn't die, he, uh, he doesn't do Yibum, because he doesn't do anything, so that's why Levi cannot do, do Yibam with Rachel, because he's viewed as a non-contemporary brother. But if he were to do Yibam, or if he were to die, so then that changes the equation, as we're going to see why in a minute, but that changes the equation, and then a Levi uh, would be able, he would be able to do Yibam with Rachel if Shimon did Yibam, or if Shimon died. So the Gemara is going to explain why that is, but it's going to ask it in a slightly different way. The Gemara asks, My time, uh, so the Gemara wants to know within Rabbi Shimon. I understand why, why Rabbi Shimon argues in our Mishnah's case. Our Mishnah's case is where Levi's born after Shimon did Yibam with Rachel. So when Shimon does Yibam with Rachel, and then Levi's born, so then Rachel is just Shimon's wife. So then maybe Levi could do Yibam, because Levi was alive at the same time as Shimon. Shimon then dies after Levi was born. So then Levi should be able to do Yibam with Rachel because he was they were born, they were alive at the same time. But how would Rabbi Shimon explain why he says that you could do Yibam in the first Mishnah? In the first Mishnah, Levi was born before Shimon did Yibam, after Ruvain died. So why is it that he's allowed to do Yibam in that case, in that scenario, if he was never alive at the same time as Ruvain? Rachel is Ruvain's wife. Why? Is he allowed to do yibum in that in that case? So the Gemara answers, Kasavar yesh zika vizika kikunusa damya. This goes back to the discussion that we've been having the entire week. He says Reb Shimon must hold that there is zika, and zika is a very very strong connection, which is like a full fledged wife. This is the first time that the Gemara refers to this as a full fledged wife. But essentially, the Gemara is saying as follows: the Gemara is saying. That uh, when Levi is born after Ruvain dies, which is the case of the first Mishnah, which the Gemara is trying to understand, and then Shimon does Yibam, right? The cases where Shimon then does Yibam, and then Levi, and then Shimon dies, and then Levi um, is allowed to then do Yibam with Rachel, even though uh, she was also first Ruvain's wife, and at that time, after Ruvain passed away, Levi was born, but because Shimon then went ahead and uh, did Yibam. So then we're going to say that, you know what? It's viewed as though Shimon and Rachel were married the whole time. They were really married the whole time. And because they were really viewed as married the whole time, so even when Levi was born, it's as if they were already married. Right? Reuben dies. Shimon is alive. Shimon eventually is going to do Yibam with Rachel. Before he does Yibam with Rachel, Levi is born. But because Shimon then does Yibam with Rachel, so then retroactively we view it as though they were married the whole time. The moment Reuben dies, it's like Shimon and Rachel were married. If it's like Shimon and Rachel were married, so then when Levi was born, 
Who's, who's Rachel married to? Even though Yibu takes place later, but according to this opinion, Rachel is married to Shimon, not to Reuven. So if Shimon is married to Rachel, and Rachel is not really not married to Reuven, it's not viewed as Rachel is married to Reuven, but Rachel is married to Shimon, and then Levi is born, so then when Shimon dies, so then Levi could do Yibum with Rachel. Because it says if, it's the same exact, according to this explanation, it's just like Shimon, it's like Levi was born after Shimon did Yibum. What's the difference whether Levi was born after Shimon did Yibum, and then it's Rachel is viewed as Shimon's wife at the time that Levi is born, or whether Levi is born before Shimon did Yibum, either way, once Shimon does Yibum, so then retroactively, it's like Shimon and Rachel were married from the moment Ruvain died. The truth is, is that there's even this strong connection even without Shimon doing Yibum. Right away. The truth is that right away, Shimon has this connection with Rachel, and it's like they're married, whether or not Shimon does Yibum or not. Because as the Gemara pointed out earlier, even if Shimon were to die, if Shimon were to die, so then Levi would also be allowed to uh, do Yibum with Rachel, because once Shimon dies, but it has to be after Shimon dies, so once Shimon dies, so then Rachel is now con- has connected to Levi, not as Ruvain's wife, but really as Shimon's wife. Until Shimon dies, so then Rachel is still connected to Ruvain, is viewed as Ruvain's wife, with some sort of connection also to Shimon. But once Shimon dies, and now Rachel is viewed as, um, again, uh, in a situation of Yibam, because it's like she's connected to Shimon through this Zika. Again, it's through this Zika, it's through this strong connection of brother-in-law and sister-in-law that happens the moment that Reuven dies. So then Shimon dies, so now Rachel is available to do Yibam, not as Reuven's wife, but really as Shimon's wife. And so then, Levi could do Yibam, because since Levi was alive at the time of Shimon, was alive, Levi then can then do Yibam, with Rachel. So the whole, at least at this stage of the Gemara, the whole reasoning behind Rub Shimon is that, uh, is that the brother, i.e. Shimon, is ha- viewed as really married through Zika. The moment Reuven passes away, it's like he's married to Rachel. And then for Levi, he would be allowed to do Yibum um, when Shimon passes away. Because once Shimon passes away, so then Rachel is now viewed as Shimon's wife, even if Shimon didn't do Yibum yet, and so then Levi could do Yibum with Rachel, because Rachel is coming as Shimon's wife, not as Ruvain's wife. Okay, that's what the Gemara says with with regards to Rabbi Shimon. But again, the underlying uh, idea here is that Rabbi Shimon holds that the moment Ruvain dies, it's like there's such a strong Zika connection. It's really a very strong connection, strong bond, to the point where it's like it's Shimon and Rachel are married. They're viewed as if they are married. So the Gemara is going to question this. And we'll just begin the question today, and it will finish the daf, finish the page, and we'll have to see the answer in next week's recording. But the Gemara asks uh, the following question. We just said that you have to, in order to say this, you have to say that Rabbi Shimon holds that Zika is really, really strong. It's so strong that Shimon and Rachel are married. Levi, who was not alive during Shimon's time, could then do Yibam because... Levi was alive during Shimon's time, and so it's Rachel is viewed as uh, the wife of Shimon vis-a-vis Levi. And that's how strong the connection really is. It's like they're married. So Moskifla of Yosef, if Yosef objects to this, he says, I understand. We just said that according to Rabbi Shimon, that Zika alone just went by Reuben dying alone. Makes such a strong connection, but we're about to see that this is the following Mishnah, 
which is going to say that according to Rabbi Shimon, he's not even sure, not only in the case of Zika, where the Ruben just passes away, at that moment it's unclear how strong the connection is, but even if uh, the brother were to do Ma'amar, Ma'amar is what we've mentioned in the past, Ma'amar is a rabbinic decree to get engaged before you do Yibam. Yibam is really the final step of marriage, and uh, that's all that's necessary on a biblical level, but the Rabbanon, the rabbi, is added to do Ma'amar, to do this uh, type of an engagement, and so we're going to see there, Shimon, even if you get in, do Ma'amar, it's still unclear. He's still not clear whether or not is that viewed as a complete marriage or is that not viewed as a complete marriage. And if he's not sure in that case, where you also did Ma'amar, so then certainly he shouldn't be so confident in the case where you didn't do Ma'amar, where just Ruven passes away by itself to say that Shimon and Rachel are completely married. That would be difficult, very difficult to say. What's the case, Mahi? What's the case where we see that even if you were to do Mamar, even if one of the brothers, brother-in-laws did Mamar, that even in that case, there is uncertainty as to how strong of a connection that is. It's not because it says in a Mishnah. This is in a Mishnah later on. You have the following case. This is the following case. Not such a difficult case. Three brothers are married to three women. They're not related to each other. Normal case where there are three brothers who are just, they're all married. Uh, they're all married to, uh, to different women. Ruven's married to Rachel, Shimon to Leah, and Levi to Sarah. Uh, so they have, you have three men, three brothers who are married to three women who are not related. And then Ruven dies. So then Shimon does Ma'amar. He does this rabbinic engagement a type of a rabbinic engagement with Rachel, with Ruvain's wife, the mace. And then Shimon dies. Shimon, before he's able to do Yibam, Shimon dies. So the din is, according to the first opinion, The case is, according to the first opinion, uh, that you have to do Chalitza to them. Meaning, the third brother, Levi, would have to do chalitza to Ruvain's wife, Rachel, and to Shimon's wife, Leah. Why? Because there's a principle that uh, you cannot do yibum if they stem, if the wife, the sister-in-law, is a sister-in-law from two, through two different ways. And this sister-in-law, Rachel, is a sister-in-law in two different ways. He's a sister-in-law meaning at the same time through Ruvain. And she's a sister-in-law through Shimon because he only did Mamar. Once Shimon did, if you were to do Yibam, so then it would just be through Shimon. Ruvain's relationship would then be uh, viewed as part of history. But because he only did Mamar, because he only did this rabbinic engagement, so now Rachel is both still married to Ruvain and engaged on a rabbinic level to Shimon. And so therefore we'll say that Levi is not allowed to do Yibam. In such a scenario, Yibam, Levi cannot do Yibam. He has to do Yibam only in the context of where it's really focusing on one marriage, but not if it's two different if it's two two different marriages. So we say do chalitza, and you have to do chalitza to both of them, both to Rachel to Ruvain's wife, and then also you would have to do chalitza to Shimon's actual wife to Leah. That's all the first opinion. Rabbi Shimon says, Rabbi Shimon Omer miyabim lezeman Rabbi Shimon says no. You could do Yibam to whichever one you want. You're even allowed to do Yibam to Rachel. The other one. You should do chalitza. You have to do something to both, but you yibum to one, chalitza to the other. Why? What's the logic? He says as follows: Yibum zika. You can't do yibum to both because maybe he did mamar. Shimon did mamar. Maybe that creates such a strong connection with Rachel. Rachel and Leah 
are now uh, co-wives, ab- real co-wives. So you can't do yibum to both because if they're actual co-wives, havishne yivamos, habos mabayis echad. So then when we it's if it's their co-wives, so then the mitzvah of yibum is only to do yibum with one of them, not with both. For the other one, it would be like getting married to your sister-in-law, which is a prohibition. So you can't do yibum to both because if mama really makes it like they're one, like they're actually married, so then you can't do yibum to both because those are both the sister-in-law of through Shimon, through being Shimon's uh, two wives. To do something else, to do yibum chadav ifter idachlo, you can't do yibum to one and then just say, you know what, because there's such a strong connection, I could do yibum to one, the other one gets off free and could go ahead and go marry whoever she wants. No, that you can't do, even though we do do that in a normal situation, where a brother, if he were to pass away without kids and has two wives, we'd say do yibum to one, the other one could then go marry whoever they want. But we don't say that in this case, why? The dilma you can't do that because if you were to do even to one, well, we're not really sure. And this is the whole point of the Gemara. We're not really sure, even if you did Ma'amar, even if Shimon did Ma'amar uh, to, to Ruven's wife, to Rachel, we're not even sure if that's viewed as such a strong connection to say that Rachel and Leah, Shimon's actual wife, and then Shimon, when he did Ma'amar to Rachel, whether they're viewed as co-wives. We're not sure. And since we're not sure... If you're to do Yibam to one, that other one, you still have to do something. You can't do Yibam because maybe they are really co-wives. So we say, do Chalitza. Do Yibam to one and Chalitza to the other to solve the problem. But in the end of the day, the whole reason why we bring this up is to show how Rabbi Shimon really holds. He's not really sure. After you do Ma'amar, it's unclear whether it's a complete uh, connection so that Rachel and Leah are now co-wives so you could do Yibam to one and not and not do anything to the other. Uh or does he hold that really there there is no connection and then you would have to do something to both? So we see that Rabbi Shimon holds that he's not sure. Even in case where you did Ma'amar, forget about a case where the brother just passed away. But even if he passes away and then you did Ma'amar, you did this rabbinic engagement, we are still not sure uh, whether or not uh, it's a full viewed as a full-fledged marriage or whether it's not uh, viewed as such a close bond. So if that's the case, in such a scenario where we're not sure if it's a close bond according to Rabbi Shimon, so then certainly in a case where it's just the brother who passes away without Ma'amar, that we shouldn't be con- so confident to think that Rabbi Shimon really holds that there's such a strong connection. And that is the question of our Gemara, which continues on to the next page. So we will discuss this again in the next recording and try to answer uh, the Gemara's question. Okay.